Hey everybody, you're listening to the Clearer Thinking Podcast from Grace Valley Church in Dundas. I'm your host, Paul Vandenbrink, the lead pastor of Grace Valley Church. Thanks for listening. This week, I want to revisit something I mentioned on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, about faith. I said then that Abraham reasoned that God could raise Isaac from the dead, which shows that Abraham did not exercise blind faith. That is, he didn't just close his eyes, say to himself, you know, none of this makes any sense to me, but I'm just going to trust God blindly. This is a misconception that a lot of people have about faith. They think that faith is opposed to thinking or it's opposed to reason, that somehow it bypasses the thinking process, that you, you, you exercise faith in spite of your brain. And this is why you'll sometimes hear non-Christians, non-believers say things like, you know, I wish I could believe, but I just can't because I'm a person of science or I'm a rational person, as though Christians, those of us who are believers, aren't rational and they aren't reasonable. What I want to do with you is take you to a story earlier in Abraham's life to show you how that is simply not true. That is not how faith works at all. In fact, this story shows us that there are three steps to true faith that Abraham demonstrated, and they all involve deliberate, thoughtful engagement, not blind obedience. So this story is found in Genesis 15. And let me just set it up for you real quick. In Genesis chapter 12, God made all these huge promises to Abraham, right? And they all depended on him having a son, having an heir. So Abraham has been waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. And since Genesis 12, a lot has happened in his life. Abraham has gone to Egypt he ran into some trouble there, and then he came back to Canaan, and he settled in the hill country. His nephew Lot got kidnapped in a war, and Abraham went out and rescued him and defeated a bunch of kings in the area. So a lot has happened, but with respect to the promises, not much has developed. In fact, not a single one of them has come to pass yet. He's rich, that's for sure, and maybe he's becoming famous or maybe infamous in the area in which he lives, okay, but there, he doesn't possess any land and he doesn't have a child and there's no nation on the horizon either. And this has Abraham rattled. It has him doubting. And so God meets with him and listen to how it goes. This is Genesis 15 verses 1 through 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to, to Abram. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. 
Now, here's the first thing that we learn about faith from this story. Faith admits doubt. Faith admits uncertainty. See, doubt is not the same as unbelief. Unbelief says, this is not true. Do not believe it. Doubt is different. Doubt actually comes from a position of faith. You believe something, you hold to something, but you, you struggle in the conviction. But doubt is actually critical to a healthy faith. Tim Keller says that faith without doubts is like a human body without antibodies. We have antibodies that fight attacks that come from viruses, right? I mean, that's why COVID is so dangerous is we don't have antibodies to fight off this virus naturally right now. Well, doubts work like antibodies with respect to faith. The day is going to come when you will be bowled over by a tragedy or you'll be faced with really tough questions by a skeptic or a powerful personal desire that's in conflict with the Bible will rise up within you. And if you've never felt doubt, if you've never wrestled with tough questions about the things you believe, you'll be defenseless against that tragedy or that skepticism or that desire. And you can be bowled over by those things. Faith must admit to doubt. It's really, really important. I want to admit something to you, friends, and I hope that in doing so, I don't mess you up too much by it, but... Sometimes I doubt. Sometimes I wonder, is, is Christianity actually true? I mean, it's a pretty incredible story, isn't it? God became a human being. He lived on this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and died a criminal's death on a cross. But in doing so, he somehow paid the penalty for human sin. And then he actually came back to life and he went to live in heaven. He promised to come back again someday and establish an eternal kingdom where all who believe in him will live with him forever in pure joy. That's the story. It's incredible. And sometimes I wonder if it's true. Like Abraham wondered, is it true? Will I actually one day see a son? Have a land, be the father of a great nation, be a blessing to the entire world. But listen, faith can't stop there. You can't spend all your time wondering, is it true? I wonder if it's true. You got to do something. Well, what do you got to do? A great medieval theologian who lived in the 12th century named Anselm said, faith seeks understanding. Faith, he said, develops through trying to understand. And obviously this requires some thoughtful engagement, right? And that's precisely what Abraham does. He tries to understand. He asks God about it and God takes him outside and he tells him to look up at the stars in the sky and tries and try to count them. Now, the main point of that is not to show him that he's going to have a lot of kids. Instead, God is giving 
Abraham evidence of who he is. God is reminding Abraham of who he is as God. It's like God is saying to him, look, Abraham, I know you're doubting. I get that. But come here. Look at the sky for a minute. See all those stars? I did that. I made that with a word of my power to give you a son, Abraham, is small potatoes. And in taking Abraham outside to look at the stars, God is inviting Abraham to consider what he knows about God. He's saying, consider the evidence. Faith does not blindly proclaim certainty. It thinks through the evidence to find certainty. Think about this. How do you get up enough faith to marry someone? What do you do? Imagine some fool sees a babe on a street. She's gorgeous and he thinks to himself, I want to marry her. But he doesn't want to know anything else about her. He doesn't want to talk to people to find out about her. He doesn't want to spend time with her first to get to know her character, find out what her values are, what her interests are, what her passions are. He says, I don't want to know the facts. I just believe that she's the woman for me. I don't want to know anything more about her. Well, we would think that that person's an idiot. <laughs> we all know it takes a lot of faith to marry someone. The dumbest thing in the world is to close your mind to the facts. You need to open your mind to the facts if you're going to develop your faith. So God introduced Abraham to evidence that led Abraham to reason that God could be trusted. But there's one more step. One more ingredient, you might say. And that is, faith is an act of the will. And we talked a little bit about this last time. In Genesis 15, verse 6, it says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Now, how do we know that Abraham believed God? Well, the New Testament tells us. In James chapter 2, verses 20 to 23, James says this. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, and not by faith alone. We know Abraham had faith because he acted on it. See, it's, it's not enough to say you believe something is true. You actually have to live your life. You have to act as though the truth is actually true. Like with marriage. You can't spend all your time saying, I believe she would make a great wife. You gotta pop the question. Yeah, you have to actually commit by getting married. Let me give you a, a really quick example. Imagine you're falling off a cliff to your death. And as you're falling, you see a tree root sticking out the side of the cliff and you're hurtling towards it. And you wonder to yourself, is that root strong enough to save me? And perhaps in that brief moment, you're able to conclude, yes, yes, it is strong enough to save me. You believe in the root 
But that does you no good unless you actually reach out and grab the root. Only then will the root actually save you. You have to act as though the truth is actually true. When it comes to God, James is saying, faith is only faith if it's lived, if it's acted on. So, you read in the Bible about values like chastity, frugality, loving your enemies, expending yourself for the sake of others. That's the way to live. That's the Bible's ethic. And maybe initially you think, yeah, right. (laughs) I'll get slaughtered out there if I behave that way. But over time, you say, okay, I see some coherence to this ethic. It, It makes some sense to me. And you start to live like that. You see, you started with seeking understanding, but now you're actually practicing it. You discipline yourself. You refrain from indulging sinful desires. You don't pay back when people injure you, but you forgive. You don't spend all your money on yourself. You start giving some of your money away. And you don't hate someone just because they're, or sorry, you don't date someone just because they're good looking or fun or you're lonely. You have convictions about what it means to date. See? It shapes how you behave. But this has to be thoughtfully engaged too. You have to think about what you're actually doing. That's faith. Now, let me just end things by saying this. GVC fam, don't fear your doubts. Follow them. Ask hard questions of God. Ask hard questions of the Bible. Ask me those hard questions if you want. If you're looking for someone to wrestle through them with, it's okay. God can can take it. Look at how he took it from Abraham. And what does James say about Abraham? James says he was called God's friend. What greater honor is there than that? to be called God's friend. That's it for now. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Till then, take care.